Thank you for downloading a sermon from the Chapel of the Cross. The Chapel of the Cross is a welcoming, growing, and historic Episcopal Church in Madison, Mississippi. I hope you will join us on Sundays for worship at 7.30 a.m., 8.45 a.m., 11 a.m., and 5 p.m., with Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m. I also invite you to connect with the chapel online at chapelofthecrossms.org. Again, thank you for downloading this sermon. We pray it will enrich your walk with Christ. God bless you, and we look forward to welcoming you and your family to the Chapel of the Cross. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Holy and loving God, write a message on our hearts. Bless us, direct us, and send us out living letters of the word. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today is the great festival of Pentecost, the day the church celebrates the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Easter was 50 days ago. Jesus physically ascended to heaven 10 days ago. And today the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, has descended in wind and fire to be with and work through God's people. This Holy Spirit... The Ruach in the original Hebrew, that's a great word to say when you have a frog in your throat, Ruach, that is the same spirit that moved over the waters in creation, that same spirit that entered into Adam and Eve and gave them life, that same spirit that formed the cloud that led the Hebrew people out of Egypt to the promised land, that same spirit that descended on Christ at his baptism. In the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus describes his fellow member of the Trinity as the Advocate, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. And with the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the apostles, who had been, to be perfectly honest, somewhat dense and bumbling until now, with the arrival of the Holy Spirit, the apostles seemed to break free from their internal fears and doubts, and begin to preach the gospel. They inspired countless of new Christians, reportedly converting thousands at a time, a number which gives any clergy person, no matter how healthy their ego, an incredible inferiority complex. Moreover, the apostles endured great hardship, sometimes even imprisonment or martyrdom for the cause, but they achieved great success by staying true to their Savior, doing good works, and forming the early church. And due to that missionary zeal that gripped the apostles on that first Pentecost, many think of Pentecost as the church's birthday. We celebrated that down in the parish hall between services. There were red balloons and cake. But our most important celebration today is the welcoming of five new members of the church through the waters of baptism. Emma and Nicholas, Owen and Annabelle and Eleanor and Olivia. 
What a great day, and what an honor and a privilege to celebrate with these families. However, while this is a great day, and while we admire and strive to emulate the energy and commitment for mission that the apostles found on this day, I want to think a bit this morning about what actually happened to the apostles in those ten days between the Ascension and Pentecost Day before they rushed out into the world inspired by the Holy Spirit. These apostles in those ten days, they must have been exhausted. They had been through a spiritual ringer on Good Friday as their friend and teacher and mentor was executed. And then just three days later, the joy of Christ's resurrection on Easter rocketed them out of that depth of despair and into the heights of joy. And finally, when they had probably figured out that things were going to settle down and return to normal, Jesus leaves them again with the instructions to remain in Jerusalem until the arrival of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' directives to feed my sheep and to go and to make disciples of all nations, they were certainly ringing in those apostles' ears, but it probably sounded like a mission impossible. And so they waited in that house, in that upper room, afraid, unsure, empty, and raw. But then one morning, this morning, without any warning, the Spirit arrives. In wind and storm and fire, the very Holy Spirit arrives and fills each of them in a manner that they had never been filled before. That word translated as filled in Acts, pletho, means much more than just being filled like a glass from a pitcher, but it means to imbue, to fulfill, to marinate, to overwhelm, to be intrinsically changed. It was this manner of fulfillment that came over Elizabeth when she learned that her cousin Mary was pregnant with Jesus. It was this kind of fulfillment that Paul felt on that road to Damascus when he converted to Christianity. But before being afforded the abilities and courage and overall chutzpah to change the world, the apostles are filled too. All of their feelings of inadequacy, their trepidations, their fear of failure are outweighed by that Holy Spirit. And then they can go out and enable others to do God's work. Spiritual writer Henry Nouwen speaks of this fulfillment in his book, Here and Now. In this book, Nouwen talks about observing a group of people on a busy street in a large city. Most of their faces look quite tense and serious, he reports. They were all absorbed in their own thoughts, trying to reach some unknown goal. They were wrapped up in their own concerns, fears and ambitions, and many seemed unsatisfied or even afraid. But God, now and continues, speaks to us in these moments. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, 
and my burden is light. This is the peace that Jesus spoke of to the apostles this morning. This is what we are talking about when we prayed at the beginning of the service to rejoice in his holy comfort. For there is a dangerous trend in our world today that we must do everything ourselves, that we must take all of our burdens and carry them ourselves, and whatever we do with them, we must do it perfectly. If you are not the best, if you are not first, if you do not score a hundred, then you are a miserable failure. How damaging is this to our souls? How long will we beat ourselves up for not being perfect? What if instead we allowed the Holy Spirit to fill our being? And what if we trusted God to give us the tools to do the work we have been called to do? The Holy Spirit emboldens us to walk unafraid and rest in the love of God. That same Spirit that came at Pentecost and lights the world aflame in its inspiration comes to each of us and fills us, loves us, helps us when we feel afraid or unable or unworthy. We don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. Olivia doesn't have to be perfect. Eleanor does not have to be perfect. Emma does not have to be perfect. Owen does not have to be perfect. Annabelle does not have to be perfect. Being filled by the Holy Spirit does not mean that we become superheroes. And certainly it does not make us immune from pain or fear or even failure. But the Spirit gives us the assurance that as we do God's work, we are never, ever alone. The traditional dismissal at the end of the service on this Pentecost day is, let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Spirit. I hope and pray that all of us go forth from this place filled with the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit can be grand and mighty, but it also can be very powerful in the small place in our heart where our fear likes to live. As Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we could ask or imagine. Amen.